so we're finishing out our series called Break Free. In a couple weeks, we're going to do a series called uh, Asking for a Friend. So make sure that you uh, write down some questions, any questions that you've got. We don't have the Ask Us Anything questions cards on the uh, chairs because we ran out of those. So you can write them on your connection card. You can let us know what the questions are. But we want to answer your guys' questions, right, AJ? Yeah, we do. So, uh, so <laughs> write down any questions that you've got. Perfect. Perfect. There we go. It's like confetti. There we go. Brittany, am I off the hook now? Yes. All right. All right. <clears throat> All right, guys. Hey, so like I said, we're finishing out this series called Break Free, where we're talking about spiritual disciplines and how we are set free um, in these disciplines when we practice these things. And tonight we're going to talk about worship. We're going to ch- get a chance um, to practice this. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about some of the things that we all have in common, some of the things that we all do. What are some things that we all uh, have in common, something we all do naturally, we have to do it? Uh, uh, one thing that I think of is sleeping, right? We all sleep. What's another one? Rachel, <laughs> pooping, yes, Rachel, thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> Breathing. We all got to breathe. Good. What else? Eat. We all got to eat, right? What? Huh? Love Jesus. That's right. We all got to love Jesus. Yeah. Brushing your teeth. Good. Jonah, I'm glad you brought that one up because that one's a good idea for all of you to do in practice. Uh, what else? Take, taking a shower. Ch- what'd you say? Checking social media. Oh, that's not really a need. Going to houseboats. That's a good one. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's a need that everyone has uh, to accomplish once in their lifetime. Right, Dyson? <laughs> he knew I was going to single him out too. Uh, all right, so we have all of these things that we all have in common, all these things that we all do, uh, all these things that we do automatically, and sometimes when we come uh, together with another person and we recognize and we realize that we have something in common, it's like it just clicks, right? We're just automatically friends. Like, we can talk about that thing for hours, like, like we, when we, like, go and see uh, uh, a movie together, like we can talk about it for hours afterward when we love something, when we find that we have something in common, um, man, it just clicks and it's good. Um, and tonight, like we're talking about uh, worship, worship is one of these things. Worship is one of these things that God has created us all to do and to be a part of. It's something that every single one of us does. We are created as people, as beings who worship. Whether we know it or not, whether we accept it or not, whether we worship God or not, whether we believe in God or not, we all worship. Every single one of us participates in worship. And so tonight I want us to look at what, what, what really is worship and how do, we, how do we practice this in a real and authentic way? How do we practice worship in a real and authentic way? And there's this scene uh, in the book of Revelation I know I said the book of Revelation and some of you got scared. Some of you were like, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? And you, you like, maybe you've read it and you see all these crazy beasts and these like dragon and this, like all this crazy stuff. We're just going to put that stuff aside for a second and we're just going to recognize this one scene, okay? There's a lot of stuff in there that's crazy, that's hard to understand and that's okay. We can talk about that later. But we're going to look at this one part of the book of Revelation where we see um, these people, these elders, where we see these people worshiping, and we see authentic worship 
happening in heaven. And John gets this picture of what authentic worship looks like. And so we're going to read this, and then there's four things that I want us to see out of this, four things that I want to give you, um, and, and then we get to put this into practice, okay? So Revelation 4, 9 through 11, it's on your outline, it'll be on the screen, it says this. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne, and they say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. And so we get this picture of what authentic worship looks like from these elders, from these people who are in heaven, who are in the presence of God. And we get this picture of, man, just what authentic, true worship looks like. And so again, there's four things that I want to give you. The first thing is this, you can write it down, is that worship involves purity. Worship involves purity. True worship involves purity. Now, in, in this scene, in this part, they're in heaven. They're in the presence of God. They're with God. And so with God, there can be no sin. When in the presence of God, there is no sin. God cannot be with sin. God is holy and perfect, and with him, within him, there is no sin. And so this is a perfect picture, a pure picture of what worship looks like. But, I, but we can experience this here and now, even though God says, the Bible says that, that, he, that God set a standard for us, that God set a standard for us, and we all fall short of that standard, that we all mess up, we are all stained with sin, that we all mess up, and that Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, because of what he accomplished on the cross, we can be pure. It's nothing that we can do. Understand that it's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves pure. There's nothing that we can do, but because of what Jesus has done for us, we can be pure. All we have to do is surrender our lives to him. When we surrender our lives to him, then God sees us as he sees Jesus, as perfect and pure. And so worship involves purity. Worship involves surrendering and letting go of impure things. We come in because we have to respond to God's perfect nature. We have to respond to what Jesus has done for us. It's a response that, that involves us taking a step away from the impure things and moving toward God, moving towards purity. And so when we come into worship, if we want to experience pure and perfect worship and good and authentic worship, if we want to truly worship God, man, he calls us to take a step away from the impure things, to put to death those things, and to walk with him. Colossians 3.5 says this, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And so, so what it's saying is, man, we have to let go of those things. If we want to experience and, and to participate in true worship, we have to let go of those things. We can't hold on to our possessions, to our money. We have to surrender those things and walk in purity with him. Take the step with him. When Moses, when Moses uh, was, was wandering before he got called, before God called him, he was wandering in the desert, and he comes on this, what does he come up to? Do you remember? What's the, what's the story? What does he walk up to when God calls him? 
A burning what? Bush. He walks up to a burning bush. And the burning bush, he walks up, and as he walks up, he's wondering why, is it, why it's burning and not burning up, why it's not going away. And so he walks up, and as he walks up, God calls out to him through the bush, and he says, Moses, take off your shoes, because you're about to walk on holy ground. He says, Moses, take off your shoes. And so Moses is called to take off his shoes, to leave behind the unclean and the impure things, and to walk toward a holy and perfect God. You know, I was at home today. I, walk, I went home today for a few minutes, and uh, I was doing a bunch of things around the house, and I was uh, playing with a dog and all this things, so I had my shoes on the whole time, and, uh, and I didn't take them off yet. I was, you know, walking around the house, doing things around, and I finally had the chance to sit down, and so I took off my shoes. I was at home again, and, and I took off my shoes, and I had this thought, man, it wasn't until I got to take off my shoes and sit down that I actually felt like I was at home. Right? I don't know about you, but like, that's one of the first things I enjoy doing when I get home. It's just, I just like to take off my shoes. I know they're just flip-flops, right? but I like to take off my shoes because that's when I really feel like I'm home. I wonder, I wonder if this is what God is calling us to. Man, to take, take off the impure, take off the old things. I wonder if he's calling us home, calling us to what he's created us for to leave behind the old and walk in the new. And so worship, our response in worship, and worship involves purity. Your second one is this. Worship involves humility. Worship involves humility. And humility is is, uh, not putting yourself above others, right? Becoming low, becoming, uh, uh, not putting yourself, not becoming the center of, of attention, right? Maybe you've heard it. It's, it's not, thinking, uh, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, right? Not thinking less of yourself, so not, not thinking down on yourself, but just thinking of yourself less and thinking of others more. Humility involves this, right? Anyone ever played uh, like the one-up game with your friend? And you know what I'm talking about? Like when your friend, when you're telling a story and your friend like has to just like interrupt because they've done something better, Anyone ever? Yeah, I've done it. I've been the person. I've had people do that to me, right? Uh, I like, I, my friends like to do this when I tell like duck hunting stories. Um, my friends like to like one up their, with their story. Um, you know, so I was telling the story of, yeah, I shot this like really pretty, really nice looking duck and like all this stuff. And so I'm telling the story and my friend just like interrupts me right in the middle. He says, oh yeah, but I shot this duck one time and I hit it and it landed right in my lap. I didn't have to stand up. And it's like, you're dumb. Like, that didn't even happen, right? Like, that's, that's a lie, right? Or, or like, how many of you are fishermen? Anyone fishermen out there? Anyone like to fish? Are you going to raise your hand or what? Because I know you like to fish, right? Uh, if fishermen do the same thing, right? We hold the fish, like, way out here because we like to hold, right? Because, because we want the fish to look better, bigger. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen a picture of a fisherman, like, with their arm extended? You know what I'm talking about? Now you're going to, like, go and, like, zoom in on their picture or something, right? Or uh, sometimes we would like post the same picture of the same fish, but like kind of like look different so that it looks like we, sh- we ca- caught like 20 fish, but really it's just one fish with 20 pictures. <laughs> or, or like if I didn't catch any fish, I would just like take a picture with my brother's like really big, you know what I'm talking about? Like we do this all the time, but we, why? Because we want to be the center of attention. We want people to see us. This is called pride. And true and authentic worship is letting go of our pride and leaving this behind. Recognizing that it's not about you. Man, true worship is recognizing our place. 
It's letting go of who we are, letting go of control, and recognizing that God is good. Man, that we are not good enough, but God is. It's recognizing our place, knowing that he is good. Man, pride likes to argue. Pride likes to argue that I need to put myself in a place of honor, right? That I need to make sure that I'm in a place of honor. Man, but humility says I'm going to give honor and glory to God. James 4.10 says this, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Isn't that cool? And when we humble ourselves, when we stop trying to make ourselves known, stop trying to lift ourselves up, and that's when we experience true honor from God. <clears throat> so your next one is, uh, is this, worship involves surrender. And it kind of goes with the idea of humility. Worship involves surrender. Uh, if we go back and look back to the passage in Revelation, Revelation 4.10, we're going to see, we can see how these elders, these people participating in worship, we can see how they, how they humbled themselves and how they surrendered. So Revelation 4.10, it says this, the 24 elders fall down. They fall down. And they worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay down their crowns before the throne. And so it says, man, with both humility and surrender, on their knees, letting go, it says they lay down their crowns before the throne. Man, these crowns represent, if, if we were to think of these crowns, it just represents the things that we have, the stuff that we have, the stuff that God has given us. Right? We've talked about giving. We've talked about how when we give, it's an example of surrender. Man, when we come to worship, true worship is surrendering the things that we have because it's God's anyways. It's saying, God, this is all yours, that my relationships, my identity, man, everything that you've given me, I let go of those things. I'm not holding on to them. I give them to you. And we can ask ourselves, do you love your stuff more than you love him? Do you love your stuff more than you love him? Laying it at his feet, saying it's yours anyways. And so maybe, maybe it's stuff, but maybe it's also, maybe it's to-do lists and perfectionism. Man, I, I, I guarantee there's a lot of us in here who are walking through that right now, right? It's the end of the school year. We're swamped with tests and, and, and papers and, and things. We gotta make sure we have perfect grades. And so we're stuck in this cycle of perfectionism. Everything's gotta be perfect. There's this story. There's a story in the Bible. Two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus is coming into town. Jesus is coming to town and, and she's, he's coming to their town and he's coming to their house. And Martha, Martha's the perfectionist, okay? She's the one, she's the clean freak. She's gotta get everything done. It's gotta be perfect for Jesus. She's gotta cook all, bake all the cookies and the cake and the dinner and everything's gotta be perfect and lined up. She's running around, freaking out. She's going crazy. And Mary, when Jesus walks in, Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens and worships him. Meanwhile, Martha is running around, right? She's, she's the perfectionist. Everything's gotta be perfect and clean and, and good and right because it's Jesus, right? Everything's gotta be good. It's gotta look good. It's gotta be perfect. But, what, but Jesus turns to Martha and he says, Martha, 
He says this, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. How many of us can relate? Man, I can. You're anxious and you're troubled about many things. But Jesus says this, there's one thing that is necessary. There's one thing that is necessary. And he looks at Mary and says, this is your example. To come to my feet and to worship. To worship him. Man, stop using the excuse of, man, I'm so busy. I'm, so, I'm doing all these things. Man, it, make it a priority to worship him. Man, if you're anxious, if you're stressed out, don't go, don't go be captive to those things. Man, take a step out of those things. Surrender that to him. Surrender your perfectionism and say, Jesus, you are worthy of my praise. Man, give it all to him. There's this church, 1999, right? 1999, that, uh, that realized that they were missing out that they were missing out on what true and authentic worship was. And so they, they, they realized that they got caught up in all the lights and the music, music and musicians and everything had to be perfect and good. Everything had to be perfect. And so they realized that they were missing out, that they got too caught up in all of this stuff. That worship just became a, a task, a to-do list. And it just became a perfectionist. But for a while, they gave, they gave this up. And they ended up, they ended up wiping all of it away. And actually, for a while, they just ended up singing uh, a cappella. They ended up just singing, like it would just be us, like singing right here. They, they, they did that for, for a while. And they just sang. They gave up the instruments and the lights and all of it. Man, so that they could realize and recognize what true worship was. And Matt Redman, he wrote this song. It's an old song, man, but it's a good song. It helps us recognize what true worship, what authentic worship is. It's called The Heart of Worship. And, and Seth and Megan, they're gonna come out here and they're gonna sing it for us. And I encourage you, what do you need to surrender to him tonight? And what do you need to lay at his feet? Where do you need to say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And because it's all about him. It's not about us. So would you stand and would you sing this with us?
Thank you guys. Man, you guys can have a seat. Guys, that is what it is all about. It's all about Jesus. Man, it's all about surrendering to him and recognizing that it's about him, it's not about us. So your last thing is this. You can write it in. Worship involves praise. Worship involves praise. And this idea of praise... Man, means expressing, it means giving respect, it, it means giving admiration and honor, and we know this, we do this, right? We do this all the time, without even knowing that we do this. I could spend hours with you, right, talking, if you love the same thing, I could spend hours talking about, like, uh, Marvel, right, or talking about, like, Endgame, right? Like, I could talk to you about that for a long, like, theories about it. I mean, ask AJ, like, we sat at lunch for a few times and like just talk to, right? So I could spend hours talking, we do this all the time, talking about things that we love, right? I could spend a, a while telling you about how I went to the Carrie Underwood concert because it was incredible, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I've heard that story before. That's my point because I love to tell that story because we sat, stood on the floor and she like killed it on the harmonica and she was incredible and she looked, right? Like she's crazy. I could tell you over and over and I love to talk about that stuff because I love that stuff. We do this all the time. We talk about baseball, we could talk about sports, we could talk about the Warriors, right? We could talk about Fortnite, we could talk about, right, all these, some of you got crazy because you don't like Fortnite, right? We could talk about how much we hate it over, there's so many things that we could, this is what praise is. It's what we choose 
to talk about, what we choose to say. Man, we could spend so long talking about these things, and how much do we choose to talk about Jesus? And I would challenge you with this. Gosh, if you struggle, if you struggle to talk about Jesus, and I'm there, I'm with you. Man, but if we struggle to talk about Jesus, do we really love him? Do we? Man, because we can talk about how much we love the Warriors, how much we love Carrie Underwood, how much, right? We could spend hours talking about these things, man, but how come we can't talk about Jesus? Mark 16, 15, Jesus gives this command. He gives this command to his disciples. It's the last thing he says for them to do, and it's a command for all of us, something that we should all participate in, something that we are all called to as believers, as followers of him. Mark 16, 15, he says, it says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. It's the command that he has for all of us. And in the greatest way that we can do that is by living a life of worship, living a life of praise, choosing that everywhere we go, no matter what we see, no matter what we do, that we live and we reflect him. And the most and the best and the, and the greatest and most genuine worship comes from a, if an overflow of a life of worship. The most genuine corporate worship, like worship in this setting, man, comes from living a life of worship. It doesn't just come here, worship, leave, and stop. Man, it's a life of worship. It's a continued life of worship and praise, talking about, thing, about him. And we were made to worship. Maybe you're sitting here, seniors, maybe you're sitting here, juniors, whatever, whatever you are, maybe you're sitting here wondering, man, what am I called to? What is God calling me to? Can I tell you that this is your call, to worship him. This is what you're made for. This is what we were all made for, to worship him, to choose to worship him. And to choose to worship him truly is to do these four things, impurity, humility, surrender, and praise. And so the worship band, they're going to come out, and we're going to practice these things. We're going to practice choosing to worship him, choosing to step away, choosing to put to death the impure things, the things that we have walked in, choosing to come to him in humility with our hands open in surrender to him and praising and honoring him. Guys, wouldn't it be cool Man, wouldn't it be cool if this place were a place where people got to see that broken people can come and be comfortable to recognize that we're broken, but that God is good. And that even though we're broken, we can be used by him. Man, wouldn't it be cool? True and authentic worship can come out of a heart that says, man, I'm broken, I messed up, but God is good, and that he chose to die for me. He chose to go to the cross for me. Let's pray. God, thank you so much, man, just for the, the, the opportunity and the privilege that it is to worship you. Man, you are so deserving of, of our worship. You are so deserving of true and authentic worship. Man, you are so deserving of so much more. 
God, I pray that tonight as we choose to worship, man, that whatever we're walking away from, whatever we came in with, God, that we choose to leave those things behind and walk in pure worship, in pure and surrendered humility to you, God, recognizing that you are good. And I pray that tonight we would choose to worship you, God, because you are good. We love you. We thank you in your name. Amen.